0: Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us. The doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our
1: scripture for this morning is from John 17. It's on the back of your bulletin, also be on the screen if you'd like to follow along. that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've got a little trivia for you birders out there. Is there anybody a birder here? All right. Like one. Okay, great. All right, so Becky, this is for you. Um, What do you call a flock of crows? Murder. Murder. What do you call a flock of cranes? A siege. What do you call a flock of owls? A parliament. What do you call a flock of ravens? A conspiracy. All right, last one. What do you call a flock of starlings? A murmuration. Isn't that poetry? It's beautiful. Okay, but then what do you call a flock of Christians? I'm not going to answer that just yet because it could get dicey, depending on the punchline. But we'll move forward, okay? It's a worthy question. It's one that Jesus considers in John 17, sort of. You know, our text for today. We read a portion of a prayer from Jesus recorded in John. And according to this testimony, Jesus prayed this prayer on the night before his death. In the face of dread and terror, Jesus prayed for his disciples, thinking about their fate as his own was imminent. And John 17 is a very long prayer for different groups of people. Jesus repeats himself a lot. And Jesus moves through different circles of followers as the prayer goes on. And this particular excerpt that we read is not really so much for the current disciples, but for future disciples like us. And these are the people that would come to follow Jesus because of the way the disciples then lived their lives in love. So this is like a final charge for the followers of Jesus. But the funny thing is that Jesus is not addressing these followers. He's addressing God. He's entrusting the hope for the future of his followers to God in prayer. After washing the disciples' feet. Service and prayer are the markers of Jesus' final hours. Which is really beautiful. And in his prayer, he prays for the oneness of his followers. That they may be one as he is one with God we might call this oneness the unity of his followers that grows out of the love that Jesus shares with his Father. And it is this oneness that will be a witness to the love of God. Essentially, this oneness that Jesus prays for is part of the mission that he is charging his disciples with to attend to the well-being of the community, to nurture unity. These are forms of witness To the love of God in the world. No pressure, right? We're in a series about our disciples' identity. And last week, we considered our unofficial motto. Some of you guys quoted it with me. In essentials, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And we talked about what it means to ascribe liberty of belief within our denomination. You know, what does it mean to interpret scripture in freedom within community? How do we hold different understandings while also holding to our covenant with one another? To be mindful of each other. To commit to walking this faith road together despite our disagreements. It's sticky and spicy and requires constant attention. Because belonging... In our cultural framework is often shaped by uniting with those who hate the same people we do. But here, in the context of faith and church, something that infuses our whole lives, we're called to reach across those lines and tend to the gaps and find Christ in the fractures. To be repairers of the breach, as the prophet Isaiah said. And today we consider unity. Our founders were troubled by the sectarianism and division of 19th century American Christianity. They wanted us to be Christians first, above all, above any other signifier. They thought Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Lutheran, disciples, those were fine adjectives, but poor nouns. And they wondered how to bring together those who proclaimed Christ. And wouldn't you know it, 200-ish years later, we're still working on it. I mean, it's a question that followers of Jesus have been wrestling with for literally millennia. How do we follow Christ according to our convictions and understandings while also being a part of the diverse body of Christ? Have you ever watched a flock of birds fly in the air? I mean, maybe you've seen a murmuration or a conspiracy or a siege make their way across the sky, forming shapes that expand and contract. Perhaps you've watched how the flocks form their own dark clouds as they move toward the horizon at a breathtaking pace. Physicists marvel at how an individual bird operates within a flock, because a flight pattern is a delicately unified system, always on the brink of chaos. The birds are intimately attuned to one another, sharing a near instantaneous transformation like a well-choreographed dance. And these physicists are still not sure how they do it. I mean, one model says that birds don't really follow directions, but they pay attention to any flinch of a turning movement. And then another model says that birds take turns being leaders so that the ones calling the shots in flight patterns changes for every single flight. Either way, the birds seem to be born knowing what to do. And I mean, flight itself is miraculous. Birds are dinosaurs, let's remember this. And they are still masters of the air. They can bring down a plane but micro-synchronized flying done on a scale of thousands? I mean, we shouldn't even try to comprehend this with our brains, right? We don't have bird brains, we have human brains. And we should just sit still and be astonished, jaws open. I mean, in the words of the poet Rumi, sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment. We'll just be bewildered together. But I wonder if the flight patterns of birds have anything to say to us, as Christians, seeking unity. I mean, I think the line, always on the brink of chaos, goes without explanation. (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) But being intimately attuned to one another, detecting the changes, taking turns, changing shapes as needed. I mean, there's something there for us, right? Something generative and energizing that draws us to what it means to be a flock. I mean, we kind of think of ourselves as flocks of sheep, but what if we're a flock of birds? According to the Gospel of John, the unity of Christians is not simply one item on our to-do list. It is the heart of the Gospel, that we may be one in Christ. Above all, this unity is inextricably connected to our mission. To be clear, we're not called to uniformity, right? Jesus doesn't call for doctrinal or political unity. We're not called to be an organization of like-minded individuals who can avoid uncomfortable conversations and hide behind our fences. We're called to something deeper than that. Susie already beat me to it, but in a few weeks, we'll spend an entire service thinking about the table of Christ. The pinnacle of our service. And this table is a symbol of our unity in Christ, but perhaps not in the way that we imagine it might be. You see, the table is not a potluck, although we do that well. It's not a potluck where we set aside our differences and come together to find common ground. It's not a place where we create connections. No, the table is set before we even arrive, before we even know what's happening. Christ has prepared everything, and we are all coming to the meal hungry and empty-handed. Because the table does not make the tethers that bind us together. It reveals them of what was always there. Our unity is a given, not a goal. And if that's the case, that means I am united with people I would not choose for myself. You know, I don't like being united with people I don't like. I don't particularly enjoy seeking unity with people who, for example, don't recognize my ordination as a woman. I don't like seeking unity with churches who have very different understandings of the book of Genesis than I do. I bristle in situations like that, because unity, the unity that Christ is talking about is kind of prickly, it's spicy. But this unity calls me out beyond my preferences and my lines in the sand, and it calls me to take a better look at the table of Christ to see who else is there. It calls me to look down at my hands and see how they are already joined together with the other guests gathered around it. Our unity then is not something we can achieve by willpower or consensus or piety. It's a divine gift from God. It's in our spiritual evolutionary DNA. Unity is not something we do it's who we are, it's the answered prayer of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but a call to live into the prayer of Jesus, for us, on the night before his death, calls me out beyond my own BS. And as a side note, I, I really, really tried to find a sayable synonym to BS, but thesaurus.com yielded results like tomfoolery poppycock, hogwash, malarkey, baloney. And while these words are hilarious, uh, they don't carry the same punch as the word I'm not saying. And I was looking for the punch because it's the rough edges that I'm talking about. You know, it's these rough edges that call us to unity most urgently. The elbows out front, the defenses up, the weapons drawn. That's what Jesus is talking about. That we would lay down our arms, and our petty hatreds, and our seething trivialities. That we would, in the name of Jesus, for the good of the world God loves, deal with our tomfoolery, and our poppycock, and our hogwash, and malarkey, and baloney. So that we might be one. So that we would be united in Christ. To be a witness to the love of God manifest in Jesus Christ to the world, for the world that by living into this prayer of Jesus, we might realize the reign and promise of God in our world here and now, bubbling up, sprouting up through sidewalks. Because this unity that our founders ached for, that Christ prayed for, that we hope for, is more than playing nice or agreeing to disagree. It is a deep, earthy, promise that we're born into through our baptism. This unity is a coming home to who we are, who Christ calls us to be, a witness to the mind-blowing, earth-healing, defense-shattering love of God. This unity says that we are Christ's and Christ is not divided. We are one body, many parts, a single house with many stones, a single vine with many branches, a circle with many kids, one flock, many birds, strange birds, loud birds, flashy birds, pecking birds, to be sure, but one flock. So, what do you call a flock of Christians? I mean, perhaps a unity.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azal Christian Church podcast. Azal Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.